So, we are continuing our look at Acts, um, and we've been looking through Acts, and actually, <clears throat> one of the things I love about Acts is um, that a lot of the Bible is, uh, a lot of the New Testament is filled with um, lots of letters and, and things that are kind of deep theology, which is fantastic. Um, Acts also has that, and a lot of the sermons that are written, you get lots of really helpful theology. Um, but what you also get is you get a window into what the first disciples, the people who are closest to Jesus, would have been thinking and doing. We're, we're called as um, Christians, we're meant to be following the way of Jesus, being like Jesus, and they were with Jesus. So we can watch them, we can learn so much from them. And I think that kind of narrative of, of how they engage with the world around them is so helpful. So I hope as we kind of take our 21st century experience and lay it alongside the first century experience, we'll feel encouraged, we'll feel challenged, and we'll feel um, actually coming back to the basics of who we are and what we are as a church. We've, we, this is kind of a post-Easter uh, sermon series where we're thinking about, okay, Jesus died, Jesus was raised. We're here because we believe that, but how now do we live? What impact does that have on our daily lives? What do we need to do in response to that uh, message, that good news that we talk about? So I'm going, to be, um, I'm going to be focusing on the first verse and the last verse of today's um, passage. And, um, and also I uh, am going to be thinking, doing a bit of a recap, okay? So um, I'm going to be starting uh, at the, I'll, I won't confuse you now, but I'm going to be doing those, focusing on the bookends of this passage. But also I want to do a bit of a recap of the last nine chapters of uh, the book of Acts. And for that, I'm going to bring this little, um, I've always wanted to write on a whiteboard during a sermon. Um, and today is the day, um, so I'm going to bring it over. Home, yeah, is that good? Good location, Sai? Excellent. Um, <clears throat> Great. So this is kind of a mirror of what you guys have on your sheets, if you've noticed. Um, and I put a little like um, St. Mary's logo at the bottom, so you didn't think I just this morning thought, okay, this is a good idea, and put a bit of a line on there and printed it out. So I did put some thought into this. Um, whether it's going to work or not, I don't know, but, but we're going to find out together. So um, this is mirroring what you guys have on your sheet of paper. What I want to do is look at, oh, it's not in the right place. Thank you, Sai. Sai is fantastic at making things beautiful. And I didn't brief him about this uh, little thing at the beginning. Um, so, um, we, uh, so I'm going to look back on the first nine chapters of Acts. And actually, I, I've got a list. I googled highlights of Acts and came up with, um, with these. So there's so much else that could be in here. But what I'm going to do is, if we imagine this is neutral, that's the neutral space, um, and then we've got highs and lows. So we've got really highs and really lows. And um, 
And I think our, our kind of spiritual journey won't mirror the, the first century journey, but there will be things that we can kind of learn. If we're thinking about we're setting our lives alongside our 21st century lives, alongside the first century uh, lives that were lived as disciples, then this is kind of a way I'd like to do that. So we start with 30 AD, the ascension. And um, that is Jesus going up and everybody seeing him in all his glory. And so that's definitely a high. We'll go keep it up above the line. Um, then we've got uh, the disciples. Were, uh, one of the disciples was chosen to replace Judas. That's still a good thing. Um, and then uh, we've got the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost, which would have been an amazing high. Uh, God was doing his work and they could see that he had these amazing plans, not just to stay in Jerusalem, but to go throughout the whole world and to share the good news. Then we see lots of healings start happening. That's another high. We see that the Spirit was not just about speaking in tongues, but the Spirit was empowering the disciples to heal people um, in amazing, way, in, in amazing ways. And they were empowered, too, to preach the gospel and for others to come to faith. Then we see um, opposition starts happening. We see Peter and John are arrested um, that goes down there, but then they're released again in, uh, in amazing ways. Um, and then the believers, they start sharing uh, together in amazing, uh, well, I keep saying amazing, sorry. Uh, they, it is amazing. <laughs> um, but they, keep, they are sharing all their goods together. So they're becoming a community that is not just one of works, but one that loves each other in profound ways. Um, then we see the death of Ananias and Sapphira. That was pretty intense. And uh, the, the preachings and healings. And then we've got the stoning of Stephen and his death, which was a, 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 the first martyr of the faith. And then we see, um, which is more familiar because we've just been thinking about it, we see Saul, after the stoning of Stephen, it just gets back from bad to worse. We see, the, um, we see the church is being persecuted in a strategic and well thought through manner. Then we see uh, Philip um, doing his work and the Ethiopian um, convert. And then we, um, then we see Saul's conversion, which is an amazing thing that we just thought about last week. All that happened, I mean, the, most of that, this whole list here, the first top 10 things, and then there's one at the bottom, all that happened probably in the space of one to two years. So there's a lot going on in that early stage. Then we have um, Saul's conversion, which um, I think was probably a little bit later. I'll, I'll ask one of the Johns, um, because they'll, they'll, they'll both know. Um, but it, it happened probably a little bit later than the first two years of the church. But there was so much going on, so much highs and lows. And throughout that, you, there's just so much room for growth, so much room for discouragement, so much room for challenge, so much room for encouraging each other. So that's a bit of a recap. That's where we've gotten up to in the book of Acts. Um, and fast forward. So the, the, these nine chapters were in those first five years, perhaps, of uh, the book of, uh, of the first church. Um, but then we've got 35 uh, years left to go about um, until, it, it, until Acts closes. So there's a lot of ups and downs still to go. But we're thinking back on this point. And the reason I want to think back, and the reason that what kind of twigged my uh, imagination around this is, 
is the final verse. So we're going to start thinking about the final verse first, and then we're confusingly, we're going to go back to the first verse uh, at the very end. So we're going to look at the, the bookends. Um, and if you, do, if you do have a Bible, um, grab, if you don't have a Bible, rather, I should say, um, feel free to grab them. They're, they're, uh, they're on the um, windowsills. And it, it's not necessary, but it, it might be helpful just to see. And Catherine, what page did you say it was on? 1102, if you want to turn and read along. So this is the last verse, and it says that then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in number. So that's what I'd like to think about. So we have all this, all this drama here um, going on, ups and downs, highs and lows, all this opportunity for the church to reflect, to kind of um, take what they've um, seen and done and turn that into learning, not just uh, things that have happened for them, uh, but things that they can learn from, all their, their kind of successes and mistakes, all those things that they can grow from. So we've got whole, that whole thing that they're then at the end here able to have peace and to reflect, to step back, and to see what God wants to do next. So in some ways, there's a bit of a, a little um, pivot point here uh, where all this has happened, and then there's a time where they can reflect, think again, and move forward in strength. So that is exactly what I want us to do, and that's why we all have bits of paper um, today, is I want us to do exactly that. We're here um, today for a reason, um, it might feel a complicated reason why you're here. You might be um, somebody who doesn't have a faith yet. You might be somebody who doesn't know if you have a faith yet. You might be somebody um, who's been uh, a Christian since you were born. But we all have a journey which has brought us to be here, sat on these gray chairs in St. Mary's Church today. And I want us to not just rush ahead in our lives, but really to reflect on some of those ups and downs which has brought us to this very moment. And um, hopefully it will become clear why, why we're focusing on that after we've done that. So what are we going to do? We're going to take five, ten minutes now to try and chart our faith journey. So that could be um, non-existent. You might feel like you don't have a faith journey. You might, uh, but uh, this will be an opportunity for you to reflect on that question. You might have a faith journey that spans um, 70 years. And if so, I've done it double side. Um, so you can kind of ex do chart the whole thing. Um, or you might, um, might, might have still lots of questions on, on how to do this. I, I understand with um, everybody has different learning styles, so this might not be everybody's cup of tea. Last time, uh, if you were an introvert, I pushed you out your comfort zone. Uh, this time, if you're an extrovert, you're going to have to zip it. Uh, this, is, this, is an this is entering the introvert zone uh, right now, and we're going to just have time to reflect on this, this question of our faith journey. What are the highs and lows of our faith? And actually, you might see that correlates with some really difficult times in your life, and you, perhaps uh, those difficult times have, have caused you to grow in your faith. Perhaps they actually really challenged your faith and rocked it straight to the bottom. 
think if you're if you're getting stuck think of some of those key moments in your life and you can chart those we're not going to show these to anybody but you can chart those with little initials so nobody sees what they are um, and use those perhaps uh, as a way in to understanding where your faith journey has been taking you and how you've come to arrive at this moment at 11.25 at St. Mary's Church in East Molsey. So uh, let's take, or online, you might be in, on your couch. Um, what has brought you to our um, online offering? So does that, is that clear enough? If, if not, please raise your hand and I'll come and, um, and speak to you. Uh, but we're going to spend about five minutes on that um, and just... Uh, Great. So um, hopefully that made sense and kind of uh, worked. So I'm going to use that a bit um, to refer to now. But um, actually, just as an aside, because John last week was speaking a bit about the theology of the body. So uh, Paul talks and writes a lot about the body of Christ. And actually, you don't, if you don't want to show it, you don't have to. But actually, if you, if you hold yours up, I think you'll notice, even just from a glance at looking at others, um, and you, you, you will see that actually there's, there's some of the highs and lows, they're not all at the same time. And actually that is one of the beauties of this community and any community of faith, is that we are able to, uh, when you're in a real low point, uh, you're able to be encouraged by those around you who are actually on a high. They're, they're, so if you're doing well in your faith right now, actually um, probably what God's saying to you directly is you need to be encouraging other people. If you're in a low, you need to be willing to be encouraged by others. That is one of the beauties of being a, a, a whole body here, one unit rather than just a bunch of individuals, is that we can hold each other up in times uh, that we need it. So, um, I, 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 keeping that chart in mind, I want us to think about a growth mentality. Um, the verse that uh, we see where the last one which we're focusing on, it says, living in fear the Lord um, of the Lord, they were encouraged by the Holy Spirit and straightened it before that there was peace and they were strengthened, right? So that word strengthened, actually the, the, the better translation probably is the ESV version, which talks about building up. So building a foundation, foundation, things about, it's all to do with like construction and foundation and, and building. So work of, of growth, uh, thinking of growing up, growing in strength. And that is one of our calls as a church. I, I heard um, two people recently um, felt they had a word for us as a church that this next season we're going into is a season of growth. And not just uh, a growth in number, uh, although that's important, but actually growth in our depth of faith. How close do you feel to Jesus? How close do you feel um, you're able to say, I have, I'm being transformed by Jesus. My life is being changed by him daily. If we're not able to answer those questions, then you're in the right place. Because actually that's what we want to seek to do as a church. We want to be growing as disciples. And this next season, I want to see us all growing in faith, growing in our ability to grow each other as well in faith. Because what we're about is discipling others, not just discipling in-house, 
But what we need first is, because a disciple is a, um, it's kind of like a carbon copy. You're trying to copy uh, somebody else. So we're all copying Jesus. But to be able to make new disciples from our carbon copy, um, we're going to have to get that right first. Otherwise, we're going to be making disciples that don't actually look like Jesus. And so that's why our vision um, as a church is love Jesus, and that's first. Love each other, that's us supporting each other within that. And then going out and serving the world. They all happen at the same time uh, in a way. But as far as priority, we can't do the other two without first loving Jesus. And we'll never stay the, the course if we're not encouraging and loving each other within this community, the church. Great. So where am I now? That was, that was all just an aside. Um, and so sorry. <laughs> um, I, better, I better race through. Um, okay, so we've looked at the final verse. We're going to circle back with all that in mind. And we're going to circle back to the first verse. Um, well, it's, it's the first full verse, which is at once. So Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus, and at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Right, so I want us to focus on that at once. So wherever we are, whatever, um, wherever, well, wherever we are up and down, we all have the same point um, here, if that makes sense. We're all here in time. There's no, there's no changing that. And that was the same for Paul, who was Saul at the time. Uh, he just was in a moment of time. His life was transformed. He had a choice at that point, whether he would go and do further training or whether he would just kind of uh, wait and see what God was calling him to. But actually what we see in Paul is we see that at once, he took action on all that he knew and had experienced. So he took all this, um, this isn't his obviously, but all this graph of his life, of being um, a Hebrew of Hebrews, all the things that John was referring to last week, all his credentials, he took those and he put them exactly to the new work that God had placed in his life. The opportunities that he were, that he was faced with right before him. And so one of the amazing things, I think, about uh, this is he started exactly where he was. He wasn't even, um, at the time, he wasn't in his hometown. He was out, if you remember, he was out going to kill uh, the people who have then become his brothers and sisters in the church. So he was on, he was on, um, he was not on holiday, he was on a business trip, um, as, but he started exactly there, in that moment in time. And he started with what he had. He wasn't looking uh, longingly at what others had and thought, okay, I can't, I can't really do any work for God's kingdom um, because I don't have X. I don't have um, a speaking gift. I don't have a um, singing gift. I don't have uh, whatever it might be. He didn't let what he didn't have get in the way of what God could do through him. So he started where he was, and he started with what he has. So that is something we all have exactly in common with Saul, 
or becomes Paul. Um, we have that in this moment of time, we have what we have and we are where we are. The opportunities we face are unique to us and the gifts we have are unique to us. And so what God wants to do will be unique in us. But he wants to do something. That's, that, is, that is for sure. That's a given. He doesn't want us just sitting around um, and just hoping for uh, our, our kind of calling to drop from the sky. Actually, growing up, I, I wasted a lot of energy on trying to find out what God's call was in my life. It's not wasted energy as long as you carry on doing um, the work that we're all called to as Christians. So looking at the opportunities that we have just right in front of us. And I think a few weeks ago, I, I had us reflect um, about some of those things, some of the cultures that we live in. What are the opportunities we have uh, as Christians to shape that? But I, I, I want us to just take one moment, and now I, I'm just looked at the time. I've really gone over. Um, I, I want to take one moment to reflect on what God. Or actually, no, we'll do that because we'll do that in the uh, during worship. But what I'd like to do is um, read just some of the things. Toby, uh, who's amazing in so many ways, um, has been drawing together a huge list of all the things that we do as a church. And you can't see it because it's such small writing because it was hard to fit so many things onto one page, which is amazing and exciting. But the opportunities that sit before us to serve even just in this church, because actually God will be calling us to different areas of ministry, different types of, of work and service for his kingdom, But even just in this church, we have so many opportunities to serve. We have these these two services in the morning. We've got the choir. We've got our 24-7 prayer, which we need to reinvigorate. We have midweek prayer. We have our kids' groups and our youth groups. We have little moles. We have home groups, women's groups, men's groups, pattern groups. Um, We go to Focus. We have a Kingdom Come event that comes here um, now every month. We have our welcome teams. We have our uh, hospitality um, that we all enjoy. We're going to be starting uh, Alpha and Evening Alpha. We're going to have marriage and parenting and divorce and separation courses, bereavement courses, midweek groups in the cafe and, and um, mental well-being groups like Craftoons, Messy Vintage, The Path, Cares Connected, Cap Money, the list goes on. I've not, I, I've, there's plenty more to add to that. So in a way, that is, um, that is where we are. We are here. God's brought you here today. Um, and, and if God's calling you here, then he has a gift for you to give to the wider body of the church. God gives us gifts that we might enjoy them, but also, and maybe even more profoundly, so that the others around us can enjoy them as well.